Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with former Marquette High and Concordia University coach David Cooks, here's 105.7 FM The Fans High School Insider, big time Mike McGivern. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, as you may be able to tell at this point of the show, <laughs> this is not Mike McGivern. Don Wachill is filling in, usually here on Sundays from noon to 2, doing the college basketball show, but pleased to be here this morning, filling in for big time, who's taking a much-deserved break on this particular Saturday. Joined, as always, by our co-host, David Cooks, the former Marquette High and Concordia University coach and author of the book entitled Getting Undressed from Paralysis to Purpose. David, how you doing? Top of the morning to you. It's a uh, very nice, snowy Saturday morning, and I haven't gotten fired yet today, so I'm pretty good. You know what? You are Mr. <laughs> Optimism right now. That's all <laughs> I can say. In studio, also joined this morning from, or by, excuse me, the head coach at South Milwaukee High School, John Nall, and the head coach at Catholic Memorial, Jeremy McLaughlin. Je uh, guys, how are we doing? Fantastic. Good. Appreciate, <laughs> Appreciate you coming in this morning. Listen, if you're out there and you're driving, obviously drive safe. Give yourself a little bit of distance behind the plows as everybody's out there working hard, trying to make sure the streets are passable. And if you are... Uh, cleaning the driveway or just sitting inside waiting for this thing to come to an end. We appreciate you taking some time this morning to join us here on the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Show. Uh, coaches, I want to start this morning with this. Uh, both of you in your first year uh, as the head coach, what has been some of the um, successes and some of the Ah, shall we say, turbulent areas that you've encountered that as a first-year head coach you were kind of prepared for, but every once in a while that curveball comes and, and you've got to handle some situations, as every coach does, regardless of whether it's grade school, high school, or into the collegiate ranks. What has been this year like for you so far in this season? <laughs> somebody jump. Go somebody, ahead. Somebody jump. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Because I could talk a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I, um, it is radio. You know, for, for me, um, definitely a success is, you know, we came in. It's obviously a new coaching staff from top to bottom, except for our freshman coach. And just kind of... Uh, basically looking to change the culture and and our guys it's, it's taken a little bit of our guys are really buying in to what we're trying to do um and and we want that to be a permanent thing um uh, you know and so for us it's you know that change of culture and seeing and and as i was talking to coach here is just taking those small wins and, and it's a process right um throughout the year uh and for me that that that's kind of been a learning 
you know, learning curve for me is not to get too up, not to get too, too down, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stay even keel as much as I can. Uh, and, you know, my coaching staff has been great with that. I mean, they balance me out very well. And, and I think that's very important to have on your coaching staff. Um, but then the not necessarily a negative to the coaching, but just an eye opener is sure. the uh, the admin work. Off the court, you know, I I, I want to coach basketball. I, right. I want to win basketball games. Right. I want to develop kids on and off the basketball floor. Um, so that admin work has just been an eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're, we our boys battle every night. Um, they come in and give it all they have. They leave it on the floor, and you know, we're excited to to see where the second half of the season takes us. Awesome. And, you know, I'd like to talk before Coach uh, steps in a little bit about your background. I think you guys have taken different journeys to become uh, head coaches, and so let's talk about about your background a little bit before you came to Catholic Memorial. Sure, sure. So uh, originally from Bloomington, Indiana, um, you know, I played collegiate at uh, Cardinal Stretch University. It's where I ended up. Started out at Indiana State trying to live the Larry Bird dream um, and uh, ended up graduating and um, playing at Cardinal Stretch. And that's where I got my first coaching job, which was an AAU job um, on the girls' side. Uh, for uh, the great John Foffel, who took over for the great Rich Pinella sure. at Cardinal Stritch University. Um, and he got me into AAU coaching, and I coached girls all the way up to junior year, um, their junior year. Mm-hmm. And it was just great, but that definitely helped me become the coach I am today, is, is just that patience and being able to break the game down into detail and whatnot. Um, and then um, my first var- our junior varsity head coaching job was uh, Brad Bester gave me my gig at – uh, at Kettle Moraine, which mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for. I got to learn under him. Um, and, and, you know, the besters can coach, uh, all of them, and they can play as well. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity. And, um, you know, so, and then, you know, right now I've been coaching AAU and continuing that path. And then also uh, have my own AAU program uh, called JH1 Elite. Uh, if you guys know Jordan Halls, who played at Indiana. Um, he is um, wanting to kind of get that program off the ground. And we talked, and, you know, so we started it up here in Wisconsin. So we got uh, eight teams in our first year. We're, we're excited to see where it goes. And um, so, yeah, um, that's, that's okay. kind of where it came I'm from. I'm going to want to come, come back to AAU a little bit later in the show. But uh, differences between coaching uh, boys and girls? Uh, the, 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 well, one Sometimes, no matter what with girls, you're just not going to have a good day. I mean, because they're not having a good day. Boys can push <laughs> through that. They can push through that. Um, the athleticism is, and boys, you know, especially back when I was coaching, and especially at the younger ages, you know, there had to be a lot more structure as to what we were going to do. And we ran flex, and we ran the heck out of it. And, and we got some good shots, and they were patient. And you can do the same thing, obviously, with boys, but you can also give, you know, someone a ball and say, hey, go get us a basket. And that was very hard to do, uh, you know, with girls as well. But, Coach, um, I think, I, you know, the last 10 to 20 years and doing this stuff on the college level that we do here on Sundays, I think one of the things we're finding, and and I'm sure, I don't know if you'll agree or disagree, but that athleticism aspect, because we're seeing girls playing so much younger than what we did maybe 20, 25 years ago, I think the athleticism that we're seeing on the women's side is really starting to catch up a little bit. Completely agree. And this was 16 years ago for me. So sure. the timeline that you're talking about, I completely agree. Yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to interject, 
please don't put great next to Fawful. The man's <laughs> ego is there enough. I'm waiting for the text to start rolling in on what a great guest we have here this morning. Oh, Jeez, that's boy. one thing you don't want to do is start throwing adjectives next to Fawful's name, and then we'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> Coach Dahl, let's pick it up with you. Let, let's go in reverse Let, with uh, what David said there, let's talk about your background a little bit and then get into some of the uh, trials and tribulations here in your first year at South Milwaukee. Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely a South Milwaukee guy. I grew up in South Milwaukee. I still live there. Um, I've started coaching at, gosh, right in college, um, you know, rec levels, coached, uh, you know, third, fourth grade, grade school, middle school. Um, I started with the freshmen. God, what's it's been now? It's been... 12 years ago with the freshman with uh, coach under under coach Riggins staff who was with us for 20 years uh, so I had an opportunity to kind of watch him and see him run our varsity program and and um, you know continue learning from uh, you know got 20 years experience it's nice to be around that every day sit on the varsity bench every game um, went up to the JV and you know the difference in the big the biggest difference I've seen is really the speed of the game you know, you like look at the speed of the game at the freshman level, the JV level, and we'd have all these diff- different arguments of, oh, it, you know, when does the game change the most from, you know, from from middle school to to freshman or freshman to JV, and it's like, wow, I think the game changes the most definitely from JV to varsity. You know, at the varsity level, the game is just faster, and um, uh, also the coaches are 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 a little bit more prepared, you know, for what you're going to be seeing each week. Um, with scouting reports and game planning, so it's been a um, it's been a great process to get where I'm at right now, and I think we're heading in a great direction at South Milwaukee. It's been a uh, it's been an interesting season, and kind of listening to Jeremy start us off here. I mean, it's pretty obvious we're both first year coaches. Everything he's saying, I'm just sitting here nodding, going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm right along with you with what you're saying on all that. So. Um, yeah, the administrative part of being a being a head coach at the varsity level, you spend so much time doing other things besides actually managing your team with the youth levels and fundraising and booster clubs. And um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything right now. I've got a great group of kids, and it's it's been a bumpy year in some ways, but boy, we're getting better. And I think the future of what we're what we're looking to do is is very positive. And guys, that probably is the one underlying factor that many people don't realize that are outside looking in is not only are you trying to mold these young men in this particular instance since we're talking boys basketball you're trying to mold them into becoming young men and being better on the floor and better off the court as well but it's all that administration that comes along with it in in a day and age when paperwork you know, we, we've gone to computers and everybody thought life would be that much easier, but the paperwork has almost seemed to triple because of the legalities and, and insurance and all of these other factors that come into play. You do spend an inordinate amount of time just sitting at a desk and moving papers from probably your left to your right, which is the outbox, in making sure that everything is ready to go so that when your kids get on the floor, there's no issues whatsoever where suddenly you get a call by the AD you know, a couple of days later saying uh, we didn't have paper A, B, C, and D in, and now we have to look at do we need to forfeit games or such. Those underlying issues, I think sometimes parents, other teachers in the building, uh, just fans of the game don't necessarily understand what you guys are having to deal with at the high school level. Yeah, there's so many people that are involved in a program that you don't really recognize, you know, when you um 
know, when you take over a program from a from a head coaching standpoint, I mean, the, you know, the list of people that I'd have to thank and mention would be, you know, another radio show. Yeah, another yeah. radio show. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. There's so many people involved, and I'm just one part of, you know, one part of so many individuals that are helping us, you know, develop our kids and teach them, you know, teach them so many things on the court and off the court. So, um, yeah, that's a. That's a really a moving target to go into some of that subject matter. Uh, let's talk about your staffing and how you uh, what's important for you guys in terms of developing your staff or, or hiring your staff. I know one of the dangers of a first year coach is um, they feel they need to do everything, and um, you haven't figured out that you can probably delegate more than you probably have. But when you hire when you hire your assistants, you know what were the qualities you were looking for. Um, what was it you, you talked about how they uh, kind of can offset you a little bit and that kind of thing? What, what, what were you guys looking for? Are, are you guys in – are your people in the building, are they outside the building? How, how's that working for you? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, for me, first and foremost, obviously, uh, from a value standpoint, uh, not just outside of basketball, what they were all about, their character. I mean, that that's very important to me and knowing them and, um, you know, they're going to be spending a lot of time with these kids and it's bigger than the game of basketball. I mean, we're developing them, you know, for, for life and we're using the game as a vehicle to do that. Um, so, but you know, I have a, a very, very young staff really. Um, and, uh, but the biggest thing for me was I didn't want to, I didn't want yes guys. I wanted guys that were going to challenge me, uh, and, and see, you know, Hey, do we go two, three zone here? No, no, stay man. And I mean, so those are those are good things. And, you know, it's conversations that you can have even in the heat of the moment. Uh, and, you know, um, so that was one thing is we didn't want I didn't want someone in here who's just going to agree with everything I said. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, the knowledge of the game and knowing that what we're trying to do here and having those conversations ahead of time as to, you know, here's where we're trying to get to. This is what it's going to take, you know, and, and making sure that they're all in. Um, and you know, I got one guy on my staff who, you know, he's going on, he's, he's, he's going on his sixth kid, but he, he doesn't, he, wow. he doesn't miss anything. He's there, you know, and I'm just thankful to have that because the game, he, the game means so much to him and has done so much for him and him, you know, and his family and his life. Um, and then I, you know, I got another guy on the staff is actually now who, uh, he doesn't have any kids and he's just getting married. So it's just very different. Mm -hmm. Um, and they all bring, or they, and they both bring something very different styles, you know, to, to the game and, and, and their approach is great and their approach with the kids. And when I say they balance me out they're you know, I'm in your face, I'm the passionate one. I'm, you know, uh, and they're very, you know, even keel and low. And, you know, sometimes I'll get onto the kid and they'll, they'll be there to kind of pick them up or they'll get onto them and then I'll be there to pick them up. It's just a very, very good balance that I, I think really, really works well for us. And, you know, I can see that the kids really respond to it as well. Coach and all, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think choosing the staff is great along the uh, along the lines of you know having diversity and having you know coaches that can relate to different uh, different problems kids will run into. But I think being a first year coach, becoming more adept at you know giving your assistants things that can that can help make your job easier, and um, you know that's one thing I think I'm going to get better with with more experience because there are there are so many things that have come up that I wasn't really you know, thinking about as much as I tried to pre-plan and prepare and, you know, and, and we're doing more of that now in season. We're trying to become a little bit more proficient with, you know, assigning different things for, you know, for individuals to do. And, you know, I've got, um, I've got a great varsity assistant with Tiante Morgan and, uh, you know, he, 
He's. I know he's listening. He told me I had to give him a shout out. So, <laughs> you know, I had. I had to throw that out there. You know, it's. Uh, it's funny with Deontay. He's from Cudahy, so we've got a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, he's doing a great job with us on the varsity level. Um, you know, we've got a. You know, we've got a JV coach with some with some good experience being over at Juno, Jason Frisky. Um, he was over at Bayview with. Uh, uh, with as a varsity assistant, and then we actually had the opportunity to bring a. Uh, coach over on our freshman level, those on our girls' side. So he was, you know, kind of familiar with our a little bit of our culture and kind of all the operations of what we're, what we're doing day to day. You know, where the locker rooms are. You know, how do you, how do you check out lockers? He was kind of familiar with a lot of the day to day aspects of what we were doing. But um, it's a uh, it's a good staff that we have. And if if I could still get uh, um, Guys that are in the building, you know, to coach, you sure. know, that's that's definitely something we want to take a look at doing because you know, being, being, um, being coaches, if you're in the building, I actually manage a fitness center within the high school, so I'm in the building. Um, we have uh, a lot of a lot of former coaches that are also in the building as teachers, so the kids have a lot of guys looking at them throughout the day. You know, kind of checking in with them, and I can I can get in contact with other coaches during the day just to kind of keep an eye on them with their academics and their behavior and so forth so yeah there's there's a lot as we were talking about that goes into it and we got a lot to cover for the rest of this afternoon's show but we're up against a break when we come back guys i want to ask you this and david i want to include you in this conversation as well with your past coaching experiences and maybe it's just because of the way the weather is outside but it almost seems like as the season goes you got you get what I will call an inverted bell curve where everybody starts here because the season is starting and you're excited. And then you get into that month of January where you're in the midst of routine and games and the weather and all of that stuff. And then again, you get towards that end of February, life picks up again because now we're starting to get into tournament time. And I want to know from all three of you how you handle that lull, for lack of a better way of calling it, as the season progresses and guys start to get into that routine. And sometimes routine can be great, and sometimes it can be a detriment to enthusiasm. And we'll cover all of that stuff next. You're listening to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches So, presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on The Fan. My life be like... Once again, welcome in to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM. The fan, as you may have noticed by your auditory skills, Mike McGivern <laughs> is not here this morning. Don Wachill is pleased to be filling in as David Cooks again joins us here as my co-host this morning. John Nall, Jeremy McLaughlin also joining us. And guys, before break, I was alluding to the fact that I guess it's just this time of year and the way the weather is today. I'm wondering if you find with your team in this season, have you hit a lull where you've had to change some things up at practice or do something a bit different to get the guys refocused? 
I just I, I think regardless of the sport, you you run through something of that nature, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer, regardless of which, that you start the season off on such an enthusiastic high note that you know practice is leading towards that first game and the first few games of the season, and obviously towards the end as you're making your way towards tournament time, that the, there's a re-energizing that takes place amongst everybody, and I'm wondering. I could be completely off. You guys might look at me and go, no, this is not happening with my club. But I'm just wondering, does that type of thing take place? And if it does, what do you do as a coach to kind of re-energize the group depending upon the rules of the season and the academic side of things and all the things that come into play? David, I'm going to start with you. and, And I would ask the question this way. How do you keep from getting stale? Sure, absolutely. Uh, because that really becomes the, the issue as you're coaching. And because you say routine can be good, routine can be bad. And so all of a sudden, you've done the same drill every day now for 17 weeks. And you've said the same. And, and after a while, you don't know if you're going through the motions or if they're going through the motions or what actually is happening here. It took me a minute and a half to get that question out. You did it in like 15 seconds. Thank you so you know, much. It's not, you know, I'm not that bright. You know, I keep telling people, I, you know, I got a book and stuff, but I can't read or write, so we're good. Hey, the bumper music is nice this week, too, by the way. Um, so so, so, so um, I think that lull is real. I think the beginning of anything uh, that you get involved with, you are hyped up to do it, and then the grind can ground you up if you're not if you're not ready for it. And so I'm interested in how you guys handle it. I, I, um, when I coached all those years at Market High and in the other places, I I would just try to do different things by bringing music into the practice sometime or or just um, having a pizza party instead of having practice. Just doing some things that were just throw the guys off that they didn't expect to see, especially if we were in a struggling time or things weren't going well. And they, they were trying to read what my response was going to be. And the, one of the things I learned when I was at Duke, I remember we had lost to Wake Forest. That's back when Rodney Rogers was playing. And um, we always struggled at Wake. And so we came back the next day for a practice. And I thought for sure, and we all thought for sure, that Coach K was just going to have a historic practice. And we had a pizza party. And it threw, I was like, what is he doing? And he just wanted everybody to relax for a moment, and then we can get refocused on what we were doing. And so I learned about just throwing in things that were just kind of different, that the guys didn't know about. Bring a speaker in, um, set up a, a bowling party in the middle of the season, just something to break it up so that um, it also would help us with chemistry and team bonding and those types of things. So that's kind of some of the th- stuff that we did. And so you're right, I mean, you, you begin the season, you're juiced up, you're ready to go, and then you start in January in the heat of your conference, and you have one game a week. And you're like, oh, my God, I could use another game. And then you got to figure out how, how you're going to practice. Do you want to give them off? You know, you go through all that. And then once you have your seating meeting, guys are juiced up because now it's a tournament. Sure. All right. And so, so what you did say about that lull is real. So you guys are in your first year of that. Um, and you guys are, are having a growing having growing pains. So how do you, how, what have you done? What what are you thinking about doing? So for us, uh, it actually started at the beginning of the year for four or five of our players because of football players. 
they come in off of winning a state title, right? Um, and we have ex exceptional football program there. So they hit that wall right out of the gate. And then you got half of our team, right, they're fired up, they're ready to go. And then the other half is, you know, their legs aren't out, you know, they, they don't have their legs, they're tired. And here I am yelling at them, getting a stance, this, that, and the other, you know, and it's so, and then, then we hit a, a point where everybody is, is got their legs going and, and now we're feeling good. Um, but we do we try to do a lot of team bonding stuff you know we have team dinners and things like that but then also the drills we we you know it's a competitiveness piece we try to mix things up you know the scoring within practice uh you know when we do drills and have teams and make it fun and then we play games or coaches we all played you know uh, you know uh we all please please played collegiate or played high school so we step in and we play with them it's just something different as coach cooks was saying it's it just mixes you know different things up and it's a different feel for them you know i remember after our uh, our uh, oconomowoc loss you know as a coach you know it's a learning process for me too you know i'm getting to know my players they're getting to know us as coaches and you know i was like man we we are we're struggling right now and I talked to one of our players and you know and then I went home and you know I talked to probably the the, the smartest person in my life which is my wife sure if you're listening honey that you remember <laughs> <laughs> so but and you know it's just going to be an up and down year and you know and so that made me kind of reevaluate that it's not only an up and down year for me it's an up and down year for them as well and it just kind of made me kind of, you know, step back. And then obviously, you know, my assistant coaches are great. And it kind of said the same thing. Hey, we're doing some really good things here, you know. So then we, you know, then we came back and we, you know, we got our next win, which was south. And we we're going to have a shoot around that next morning. And to your point, what Coach K did, that pizza party, it was, it was just the littlest thing. But we were like, you know what, take the morning off. Take the morning, and it surprised them because we didn't have the greatest game. We didn't play our best basketball, but it was just mixing – something different and just throwing something else at them so but I think when we get in there and we play with them and we do things it mixes it up and you know when we do different drills and we keep score and we keep track and we make it fun and competitive they love it they love it coach go well I think that you know we talk about the grind I, you know I understand it's our first year coaching varsity but we've got a lot of years experience coaching and and um, the beauty of basketball is variety you know and for myself, the biggest change that I'm having this year is it's it's great having assistant coaches because they've got different ideas and different things that we can mix in, and it's nice to be able to go through and let Tiante take part of practice and run it and you know give the players a different voice or maybe a different delivery on the same type of thing. But at the same time, you know, to me, you know, fundamentals don't change, and there's certain drills that I'm not going to ever give up. You know, they might get tired of running this or running that, but you know what? Repetition builds skill. We're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep working on, you know, some of the, you know, kind of the staples of what we're trying to run offensively, what we're trying to run with our break. Um, but definitely, I don't want to go through and throw out any secrets to the guys of what we've got planned coming up here. Cause we, got, we do have a couple things coming up to kind of break things up. Sure. But, uh, um, I think we're. I think the attitudes for my guys. I you know I've been very impressed with them. I mean it's been a bumpy year record wise, but we've had so many tight games and the kids are competing and we're getting better and you know I don't feel like my energy is like gone down at all. I'm I'm looking forward for you know for Monday to come and to get back into practice and I'm kind of saying to myself we're going to get on a little bit of a roll here and I'm you know I'm as excited as I've ever been even though we are kind of in the grind per se right now. And I think the kids in general, if you come to our practices, they're, 
they're energetic and they're working hard and they've been uh, they've been real responsive to everything we've been tr- we've been trying to do. You, you talked about your energy level, and um, it's interesting because when I when I got out of the game, it probably was time because I don't know if I had the energy level that was necessary um, that the players needed. How important is that uh, for for the head coach, especially to have the energy level? and the enthusiasm um, stay at a really consistent level for your teams? I think that what's, what's suffering is even though I'm you know, pushing 50 years old, I, I still love to play the game myself. And you know, we get together and play our old man three-on-three basketball. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but right now, that's kind of getting put to the sideline. I, you know, they're like, hey, do you want to play tonight? And I'm like, no, I'm... You know, I'm out because I'm, I'm, I am kind of putting all my energy into my team that way. So from that standpoint, the energy is just kind of being shifted. I can't, I can't have it as much on myself. I'm trying to put it more on, more on our guys. Go ahead. Yeah, um, that's, I think that's the one thing. They, as much as you don't want them to feed off of you as a coach, they do. So you got you got oh, sure. you got to bring it every day. And we mm-hmm. talk about that is I can't, I can't be Coach West, can't be Coach Zach, can't be the only ones bringing the energy, but we always do. We, we always do. And, and you can't, as a coach, you really can't hit that low because they're going to feed off that, whether it's negative or it's positive. They're going to feed off that. So we try to bring it every day and try to, you know, bring the energy level and, and keep it up and, you know, eat, whether it's in games or or practices or shoot arounds or team bondings or you know whatever the case might be is to make sure we're keeping it positive yeah this has been a lot of fun so far and we got to take another break and we'll continue our discussion before we get to that break guys one of the things i want to talk about and i've heard it said now in a couple of your answers whether you were talking about your assistant coaches or even your team and it's this whole idea of trust players trusting in you you trusting in your staff so i want to cover that topic when we come back after the break also want to let you know at 11 15 we'll be talking with zach filson the head coach at lawrence university at 11 30 it'll be ken coster from the wisconsin basketball officials association and then around 11 35 it's aaron Onenson, the head coach at wisconsin lutheran college so we got ourselves a jam-packed show we'll take a break and we'll get right back at it it's the wendy's varsity blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan, 12.50 a.m., or as always on the Radio.com app. Don Wachill is filling in for Mike McGivern, big time taking the Saturday off, and want to thank Michael for uh, allowing me the opportunity to sit in because we're having too much fun here on a Saturday morning talking high school basketball. Joined, as always, by my co-host David Cooks. In studio as well, it's John Nall, the head coach at South Milwaukee, and Jeremy McLaughlin, the head coach at Catholic Memorial. And guys, before I got to break, and David, of course, you can jump in on this as well because of your past experience, this idea of trust, this idea of building trust not only with your players, but Jeremy, you spoke to it before in trusting your assistant coaches um, because you're, you're hoping that they're going to bring some varied opinions to the table in order to balance, as you said, balance some things out. Because you sometimes when you're in that position, um, 
any any sort of position in which you're in charge, you can get a little bit headstrong <laughs> because you have a vision of where you want to go, and that tunnel approach. I think is natural, and I think sometimes it's beneficial when when you have people that will say, take a peek over here, take a look at it from this perspective, and we're still trying to get to that goal, but we just might need to go about it in a different fashion. And to me, then it all boils down to trust. So again, before David succinctly (laughs) puts this in 15 seconds or less, how do you build trust then between not only your kids on the floor, but with your coaches as well? Well, for I'll start with the kids. I think uh, it's kind of your say do ratio. So you know, following through um, and, and making sure that you know what keeping them accountable first of all, first and foremost, uh, is, is being being consistent in your approach. Um, but just just being there for them, and, and I call it love tough. Uh, you know, I, I, I we love our players, and, and we want them to know that right out of the gate. But we're also going to be tough on them, keep them accountable, and and obviously try to develop them the best we can, not only as basketball players but as young men, and and really talking about the big picture as much as we can, whether it's the little things like eye contact when we're talking, and you know, so on and so forth. But I think it's also the team bonding. It goes back to what we were talking about of maybe hitting that lull in practice, and you know, throughout the season is the team bonding and doing things outside of basketball and building those relationships you know I watched the special on coach K uh, the earned everything on ESPN plus and you know he has a new he has a fresh team uh, and and I really related to that obviously being a first-year head coach and uh, you know I, I didn't know these players they didn't know me they don't know our staff so as much as you can you know just have conversations with them outside of basketball. Shoot them a text. How you doing? How's your day? You know, try to relate to them as much as you absolutely can. Um, and just, I, I think that's that's huge. And you know, in any sport uh, or you know, in life in general, is just yeah. building relationships. Yeah, definitely, John. Well, I think the trust in the players for me, anyways, a little different than Jeremy. I mean, you know, a lot of these boys, you know, I coach when they're freshmen. You know, some of them I coached in third and fourth grade, so. You know, I've known a lot of these kids for, you know, a lot, quite a few years. But um, I guess the trust side of it, exactly, you've got to, you've got to be consistent with what your expectations are. And as far as consequences, the challenge as a as a coach in general, regardless of being a first year coach or a second or third year, you know, is that consistency with having having the. Um, I guess the player understand that you're not going to waver with with what your expectations are and you know what 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 are the consequences that that's really a moving target with trying to determine what you know what's the penalty for this type of behavior for that type of behavior and having a consistent pattern that uh that's been a challenge as a first year coach um you know to establish that and you know when you talk about trust i think that time Time also has to factor into it, especially with our coaches. Um, it's my first year coaching with some of these guys, and um, you know I I've been very happy with what we've been doing. But I think each year I think each year will get better and better. And um, I mean I hope my coaching staff stays with me. Uh, but at the same time, if they want to go in other directions, you know, I'm going to support them in ever you know in whatever direction they choose to go coaching wise. But I think time's going to take take precedent with uh establishing that trust with your coaching staff because then you just you know you just get to know each other better i think that's a great point that idea of time because i think regardless of what 
the relationship is over time you develop the trust it it almost becomes second nature so i i guess that that would be something as time goes on but in the midst of your first season you don't have the luxury of time at this point so you got to go about doing some things in order to establish that trust david so so the key the key word in that is build you said build trust and nothing is built immediately so that's going to take some time but the one thing you can establish are standards and when you have standards in your program that that you hold everybody to yourself your your staff your players um and you're consistent so that you talked about you know I'm, I'm a c guy you know when you talked about hiring people you guys want a people of character competence and commitment and now we're talking about communication and consistency as you build trust and sometimes it's interesting um that the little things are the things that these guys remember the text to see how how their exam went um, or how school going or the things outside of the game and that trust part is dovetailed with relationship because you're really establishing relationship and that takes time also and so i think you guys are right on to that whether in your first year or your 15th year um, and every year is a new year every team is a new team and some relationships you bring from the past into the current year and some you don't. And so you're always reestablishing yourself as a coach and reestablishing levels of trust with your players. So I think that's really good. Um, you know, we haven't, we haven't talked a lot about your teams, uh, but I'd like to just spend a little bit of time yeah, again go. just talking a little bit about your team, uh, your players, your style of play. Um, and, and, you know, record, records aside, because I've, 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 I coached a team that went winless back in in the Northeast, and it was by far the best year I ever had as a coach. It was the most rewarding year in terms of learning how to keep a ship how to keep a ship afloat in the midst of very difficult times, how to keep guys how to find a win in the middle of a loss you know and how to do that so um so that's why records don't mean anything to me um so let's talk a little bit about we'll we'll start with you coach. No, at uh, South Milwaukee. A little bit about your team, your style. Uh, don't give any secrets away because we don't know who's listening. So <laughs> this is a good time for some coach talk. <laughs> well, we run offense. We run defense. We take timeouts. Um, you know, we wear jerseys. We have a home and an away. We leave the refs alone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we have pregame music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you had 70 free throws attempted last night in your game not by just but between two teams between two teams yeah what, uh, what? yeah well, they were you know, they were whistle happy but i still thought it should have been you know we should have shot you know we should have shot 50 and they should have shot 20 <laughs> i mean it's you know we we have uh i guess philosophically you know i'm a fan of uh of ball movement of of limiting pocket dribbles you know, we try to run, um, you know, kind of a you know Wisconsin swing type of offense in the half court. Uh, definitely like to push the ball up any opportunity that we have. Uh, we've got a five out type of series, you know, to try to go through and run an open post. Um, you know, defensively, I've predominantly been a uh, you know man to man type of defensive team, but we've struggled with some of those concepts. So uh, I'm, I've tried to make some adjustments based upon our personnel and the things that we do well. You know, so we've played a little bit more zone than you know than I have in previous uh, you know previous seasons. I guess I guess that's another difference with you know coaching lower levels you know versus varsity. Um, you know, my my objective is a little bit different right now. It's it's I, I'm trying to win basketball games, and you know when I'm coaching at the freshman level or the JV level, you know I 
I never played his zone ever as a freshman coach. You know, we played man-to-man from start to finish and maybe a little bit here and there to go through concepts. But, you know, right now, I, you know, kind of the, um, the objective from my standpoint with the program's objective with uh, what we're running is to win games. So um, it can change a little bit. It can change a little bit. But predominantly, we want to, you know, we want to push the basketball and try not to, uh, you know, take bad shots, quick shots, you know, the Wisconsin offense is predicated upon ball movement and quality screens and, you know, and, um, you know, reversing the basketball. And those have been some things that we've struggled with a little bit with my philosophy and kind of getting our guys to, you know, to kind of buy into that. And again, I think that that'll take a little bit of time. And um, my players, I've got some really nice players that are coming back. I've got, uh, um, you know, some uh, returning lettermen. You know that uh, I think have got opportunities to play collegiately, you know at the uh, you know Division two, Division three type of levels if um, if everything works out for them. Um, just look, yeah, I'm just looking forward for the season to keep going because I think we've got some real positive things coming ahead of uh, ahead for our team right now. Jeremy. So for me, being from Indiana, I'm a, I'm a motion guy, Bob Knight, through and through. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we run a, a four-out, one-end motion. Uh, sometimes we'll bring out that fifth guy and kind of basically a screening actions. Um, but uh, man-to-man defense, uh, at first we started pack line. And we, we wanted to see what that looked like. And we actually made an adjustment um, probably about a month ago or so. Uh, and we actually are now playing on the line, up the line, give our guys more energy. We feel like we're taking, uh, you know, taking advantage of the, of the physicality and the length that we have a little bit more. Um, you know, being a man-to-man guy, there, there, we are, our coaches and I talk all the time about that delicate balance of sticking to our guns, challenging them to be the best they can be man-to-man or go zone. But we use that word, are we bailing them out a little too quick? That's you know, a great point. Are, are we, you know, let's, are, let's, let's just continue to challenge them to be the best that they can be in, a man-to-man, in the man-to-man that we want them to play in the style that we want to play. Because for us... Um, we don't shoot the ball real well. Uh, it's something we're working on, but uh, so we want to keep the game in the 50s and 60s. So if you look at our schedule and you know we're giving up 70 points, it's probably an L. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's just the way it is. And yep. so we're trying to slow the game down, get the ball movement, like you said, coach, get it going from side to side, get ball reversals, take advantage of bad closeouts. You know, um, it's the small details for us. You know, on both sides of the floor, we we drill all the time, high hands on closeouts. You know. You know, moving your feet. Don't stand up as soon as the offensive player makes the first move. Um, you know, so it's it's a work in progress, um, but you know, uh, it's a process that I, I really truly believe these guys are buying into, as Coach said. And it's it's going to take time. It's gonna, guys, you know, I'm I'm sorry, Coach. I mean, cut you off. Okay. We're we're pushed up against a break. I want to continue this discussion on the other side of the break, especially with that process and the way the game itself has evolved and how you've meshed your styles with your ability levels to the way the game has evolved, and we'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Headline, boy, you looking at a headline. Headline. They can't tell me how much. 
Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. Also want to thank our other sponsors being Wendy's, MilwaukeeShirtGuys.com, and Ideal Logos. Mike McGivern with the Saturday off. Don Wichill is filling in. You can join us tomorrow from noon to 2. We'll be talking college basketball tomorrow from noon to 2 right here on 105.7 FM. The fan, as always, joined in studio by David Cooks. Also today in studio, John Nall, the head coach at South Milwaukee, and Jeremy McLaughlin, the head coach at Catholic Memorial. And guys, before we went to break, we were talking about this idea, or not the idea, but what your style of basketball is at your respective schools. And I guess I want to understand how you're meshing that today with the evolution of the game. You know, it's funny, and I'm going to take the NBA perspective, it was not only... 15, 20 years ago when we were hearing, guys can't shoot anymore. We clear out. Everything's about dunking the basketball. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking at everybody shooting the basketball from 45 feet and beyond. Thank you, Mr. Curry, at Golden State, because now everybody thinks they can shoot a three. And I don't care if you're seven foot two or five foot seven. And yet you have to take the evolution of the game and mix with your style. Has that been a challenge? Because I think we can go back to the high school game. 15, 20 years ago, and you had kids who thought, you should clear out for me and just let me go to work, and now I have a feeling you've got a number of kids who are rolling into your programs who are in in the know of, I want to shoot from half court because I got this coach. How do you, how do you mesh that in? Because, again, the evolution of the game is, is changing a bit from what we've seen. Sure. Definitely in the beginning, uh, I, I definitely seen that, and, and it was a little bit of a struggle, but I think it goes back to what Coach Cooks was saying about setting an expectation and setting standards as to the way we're going to play basketball here and just kind of sticking with our philosophy uh, and playing for one another, playing together. Uh, we talk about that a lot. Uh, it kind of goes back to that trust factor of, you know, and we play a boring style of basketball because, you know, we have some size. Let me uh, let me interject. You you play an effective style of basketball for you, and that and, and seriously, because yes, yes. because that's a different that's a different thing. And I think that and this is part of the challenge. Yeah. Part of the challenge is everybody sees uh, the TV and the and the and the, the glare and the, and the glitter and and the three point shot and, and and the dribble drive and and I was telling Coach earlier in the hallway. Um, I remember having a team we could dribble or we could drive, but we couldn't dribble drive. <laughs> you know, and so and so you have to adjust what you do. So it may be boring for someone else. But it's effective for you. It is effective for us. It's boring for the spectators. That's what I should say. And right. we don't care if it's boring for them. But as long as it's effective for us and we're playing to our strengths, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We take advantage of our size as much as we can. We play inside out and we slow the game down and we want it to be in the 50s and 60s. And I think we've set that expectation right up front as to the way we are going to play. And, and we also took the approach that, hey, we're going to put you guys in the best situation possible for us to be successful. You know, we're, we're right. going to make it about you guys, it's not about us. I mean, we'll play however we can to be successful, you know. So that's what we noticed right out of the gate is how are we going to be successful? And it changed, you know, uh, second game in, we lost our senior starter, he, he, um, Rich Byrie. Um, you know, he t torn ACL for the year. Uh, he was out for the he's out for the year, so that changed our approach a little approach a little bit. Um, that we want to slow it down. I mean, we still have a, a you know a secondary break that we go into, but still, it you know we look inside. There's a high low option to it. There's a double staggered option, and then we go right into our motion. So it's effective for us. Um, but I think it was just all about setting that expectation and setting those standards right out of the gate as to how we were going to play. Sure, Coach Noll. Yeah, well, I think that you know as far as a 
a program's direction, you know, these players are affected dramatically by the NBA. You know, they, they, they watch these players on TV and, and um, you know, they emulate so many things that are going on there. And that's not going to necessarily transfer over to, you know, what a, I, I think most high school basketball programs are doing, regardless of how badly they want to be just, you know, firing threes constantly. Um, you know, the... Uh, the program's direction that I, you know, that I have in comparison to what the players have, it's got to be a working relationship together with what we're trying to do on a uh, on a day-to-day basis. But the um, you're fine, you're, you're, you're fine. We're just, we're gonna wrap this segment up. <laughs> Go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, I was also I heard this extra sound in my ear. And I, th- I thought that was my phone going off or something. Um, He's a first-year radio guy too. Sometimes you wish you could get the look, right? You can't get it on radio. That was the a look one, on coach's face, like, "What is happening here?" Go ahead, going finish on. your thought, Coach. And I, I kind of lost my thought for a moment here. Well, we'll take a break. You get your thought back. <laughs> okay. We'll come right back to you. We're also in studio, Wes Ludwig. One of the assistant coaches at Catholic Memorial. We're going to get him on the mic and get his perspective of what life is like on the assistant coach side. We'll get to it all next. Once again, this is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show, presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The The fan. Some of the best high school basketball in the state is played right here in southeast Wisconsin. It's time to hear from some of the best high school basketball coaches in the area. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores. Now with former Marquette High and Concordia University coach David Cooks, here's 105.7 FM The Fans High School Insider. Big time, Mike McGivern. Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Don Wachilla sitting in for big time Mike McGivern here this morning who is taking a well-deserved day off here from the show. We're in studio once again, joined by David Cooks, co-host here each and every week on the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Show. Also joined by the head coach at South Milwaukee, John Nall, and the head coach from Catholic Memorial, Jeremy McLaughlin. And Coach Nall, I want to give you an opportunity to finish your (laughs) thought as apparently the heavens seem to have opened yeah, up as he looked up when the music was going during the last segment. But go ahead and unusual. finish your thought. Also want to let you know that in a moment we're going to be joined by Wes Ludwig, the assistant coach at Catholic Memorial, who is now at the table, off the couch, and onto the floor, shall we say, ready to uh, talk a little hoops here this morning. But Coach Nall, go ahead, finish up your thought. I was just going to say that, you know, I'm not a fan of quick shots, you know, and one, you know, one of the things that you'll hear often from, you know, from players as well, I was open and, um, you know, I, I'm a believer that you can control the tempo of a game, you know, not only with good defense, but with, you know, having possessions last a little bit longer. And, um, I, I tell my players often, you know, the shot that you get off of one or two passes, it might be a good shot, but. I feel that it's more of a statement to the opposition. If you hit that same shot after two or three ball reversals and you make the opposition have to play a little bit of defense and then you hit that three-pointer, you know, the opposition feels a little bit more defeated versus taking it off of one pass. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, the three-point line 
you know, that, that has become a huge part of the game now. And you talk again about being a first year coach. You know, I would, I, I would say that, you know, when you're coaching at the lower levels, you don't have kids that can shoot the three point. That's true. You know, shoot the three quite the same. So when you're coaching the freshman or the JV, you know, now you've got the varsity players that can shoot it a little bit better. It's like, well, you know, you've got to do a better job in some cases of taking advantage of those things. So, you know, I think I'm making some adjustments on that. And, um, you know, the the last thing being, I'd say, you know, back you know back in the day, I was a math teacher, and I I, I kind of have a little bit of like analytics in my in my thinking, and you know the stati- the stats all show that you're a better shooter off of the catch and shoot, you know, versus shooting off the dribble. Not that you can't make shots off the dribble, but in general, I'm a you know I'm an advocate of going through and getting shots off the catch versus taking dribble, you know, dribble pull up threes. So. I'm kind of saying that to a couple guys I know are listening, to that <laughs> you know, just to make it official and suddenly dropping of hands. So, yes, uh, you know. at the table right now, Wes Ludwig, one of the assistant coaches over at Catholic Memorial. So, Wes, before uh, we get into uh, a little deeper discussion with regards to basketball, why don't you give people a, a little bit of what your background is, which led you to the assistant position over at Catholic Memorial? Well, thanks for having me here. It's uh... I've grown up around here, southeastern Wisconsin. I grew up in New Berlin, right up the road. Uh, I ended up playing at New Berlin West, and then I played four years there, then went uh, played a little bit at Carroll College. Still live in New Berlin now. Um, I was coaching my son's team, kind of him growing up through the years, um, and then uh, did a little assistant coaching over at uh, New Berlin West last year, and then uh, some things happened, and then Jeremy... I know from uh, a little bit, uh, just just basketball circles, basketball world stuff like that. Sure. And uh, and he came up to me this summer when he got the job and asked if I wanted to do it. I, I went home, asked my wife for permission. She said it was okay. So here we are. <laughs> these young guys smart are smart men. Smart man. Hire these guys, <laughs> man. New Berlin West. Yeah, so correct. do you know my wife, um, Mrs. Cook? She, well, she helps coach the on the girl side at New Berlin West. So. I, I it's okay not, if you don't. No, no. I mean, she doesn't look like me. She looks like you. <laughs> so, anyway. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Once again, David, a visual on radio, it just doesn't meld, yeah, sir. Kind of hard to do that one. Uh, sorry about that. Go ahead. No, for, no further questions. No further questions, <laughs> Your Honor. We move forward. So, Wes, as an assistant coach, being in your first year over at Catholic Memorial, again, what were some of the things that you know, surprised you a little bit with regards to responsibilities and duties or maybe some of the things that came across your desk, so to speak, that you had to handle on the assistant side of things. And then on the other side, what have, what's been the rewarding aspect of that position so far this season? How about I start with the rewarding part first? You go that, right that's ahead. A, that's yes, a little sir. Bit I want to talk about the good stuff first. All right. So one of the things is I just love basketball. I've played it my whole life. I've really enjoyed doing it. And, uh, and I feel like I got a lot to give kind of back to the game to people who've helped me throughout the time. So that's really been the re- rewarding part. I like talking with the kids, hanging out with the kids. I mean, I think that's a, a great way to kind of give back. Um, and they're really receptive when you're telling them stuff. And you can, like we talked, you guys talked about earlier, building their trust, gain a relationship with them. Um, I think that's really rewarding in a sense. The the other part of it is is Jeremy's pretty persuasive in, in making you do stuff. So uh, he, <laughs> he, he's very good at talking me into doing stuff like going on the radio and uh, doing <laughs> scouting reports while I'm sitting on the couch over here. But, um, I mean, it, it's just it, you got to have a nice balance in your life. And it takes a lot of time if you're going to do this. And if you're going to do it right, it takes a lot more time. So 
Um, just finding that balance in life is, is, has been a little bit uh, challenging at times. Sure. But, um, but again, it, it's, it's worth it to me to kind of give back what was given to me growing up. All so, right. What's so, your, what, what do you teach in practice? What does he, uh, what does he let you do? Uh, <laughs> well, basically, I came in and, and we come in. And Jeremy is a uh, – I, I mean, I me and him have very similar basketball philosophies philosophies both on the offensive and defensive end he tends to uh shade a little bit more on the defensive end our other assistant coach shades a little bit more on the uh defensive end and my thoughts are shoot to get hot shoot to stay hot so i i like to uh i like to put my offensive input a, a little bit um so w one of the things is we see the game simple uh very similarly but there's little things that i like to kind of put my two cents in some places that he might not be thinking because he's got to be thinking strategy on the defensive end and other things like that. So that's where I like to uh, <coughs> give my two cents, I guess. Wes, I want to ask you this because I know from whether you're coaching or teaching, you always, within a season or a year, you have one individual or two individuals that really keep you energized because you see the growth, regardless of whether they make that, we'll call it superstar status, but you just see the growth and how they've matured into whatever their role can be. Do you have a couple of kids right now on your team that you, you saw come in at the beginning of the year and you look at where they are now, and if we were to put their growth on a chart, it would just be exponential at this point? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's there's one kid in particular that, that I, uh, specifically I saw him a lot through the summer, and you can just tell he, he likes the game and he likes to learn, and you go talk to him and – he looks you in the eye, and you can tell he's listening and trying to absorb what you're telling him. And uh, and, and I don't know if we can use names, but his name's Ty, and and he's. <laughs> well, I don't you know, did I'm not. very happy. I just right did. But uh, but I, he just looks at you, and I, I've seen the growth in there. And there's a lot more to come from him if he keeps kind of putting the time and effort in. And and that's not to say other kids aren't doing that. There's plenty of other kids that that are doing that, but specifically in him I, I see that in him and we're going to see intense growth from him and I hope we can see that from a lot more kids too yeah yeah um what else do you like to do outside of the game I mean you talk about balance I know you I know you're a family man and all that but is there other interests that you have I mean you're an assistant coach you don't have to break down film every night and go home and look at huddle every night and do the things that your head coach does every night right or no, no, no. Jeremy's sitting in the background giving you a look like, are you, he better be home every night breaking down film. He actually asked me that earlier today. He goes, hey, do you ever want to be a head coach? And I looked at him like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> Way too much responsibility for me. I, with, and we talked earlier about balance in life. Is I, I have a fairly demanding job in what I do. Um, I'm a physician assistant, and, and so I do a lot of stuff there. So I spend a lot of time at work. And then I was the one with the aforementioned five going on six kids. So that takes up a lot of my time too. I enjoy spending time with my family and, and, and my wife and kids. And that's what I really enjoy is going home just to that stuff. So there's a lot of responsibilities there. There's a lot of time commitments there that you got to balance out. So it's, it's actually a perfect role for me to be in where I can kind of come and get, uh, do my thing. And, and Jeremy understands that. And, uh, and that's why it works. They needed a sub. They had the starting five. They needed a sub. The kids were getting tired on them. They were getting floor. tired on them. So you got to get, get some. I'll go in, coach. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's um, one of the things, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned it about your head coach. Um, when I was coaching, I tried to be um, respectful of my assistant coach's life outside of basketball and their families and those commitments. Because if you overwork your assistant coaches, a, you're not going to get anything from them, and they're not going to last, and they're not going to stay. So if you become flexible, this is advice for you first-year guys, 
you become flexible enough to allow for them to be people and to be and, and to be individuals. You will keep them and they will stay with you because they appreciate the fact that you understand they're not that there's more to their life than this basketball thing. And so I think that's pretty important. Oh, definitely. And, and and he gets that. He's a family guy. I mean, priorities that that I told him right when he hired me, that comes first for me. And uh, and he understands that. And and that's why it's working out. The other thing is, is when we get together with the other assistant coaches and, they, and we just have fun. I mean, that's that's what makes it enjoyable for me is, is we just have a blast with what we're doing. So I, I, I plan on being around a long time, hopefully, <laughs> if it works out. <laughs> He sticks around. As he keeps glancing <laughs> over his yeah. shoulder. I, I plan on being around. I plan on it if, if it works out. Yeah. Uh, thank you. All right, we got to take another break. Wes, thank you so much for being here uh, this morning and joining us because it, the conversation has been great. I, I, the different perspectives that you get, whether we're looking at from the head coaching position or the assistant coaching position, various conferences, I just I, I just think the roundtable here has been has been unbelievable. On the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by Zach Filson, the new head coach. Hey, he's at Lawrence, and he'll be joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and we'll get to him next. Once again, you're listening to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores, right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM. The fan joined in studio, as always, by Mike McGivern's co-host David Cooks. Also in studio today, John Nall, the head coach at South Milwaukee, and Jeremy McLaughlin, the head coach at Catholic Memorial. We're going to jump right to the great Midwest Bank hotline as we are going to be joined right now by the head coach at Lawrence University. It's Zach Filson. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? We're doing great. Appreciate you coming on the show and joining us here this morning. Coach, um, we, we've been talking about life at the high school level as a first-year coach with the couple of coaches that we have in studio with us. Now, this isn't necessarily your first uh, go-around as a head coach, but it is your first go-around there at Lawrence. So if you had to disseminate a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of um shall we say, experience with regards to that head coaching uh, first-year trip, uh, what would it be for the guys here in studio? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, my, my first year as a head coach was, was three years ago, and I think all of us who have made that transition from assistant to uh, head, it, those few inches down the bench make a big difference. And I think the, the biggest, the biggest um, tidbit of, of advice I would give probably is, just to, just to never stop learning and to never stop um, absorbing things and, and being willing to adapt and adjust and um, kind of be innovative in, in, in your thinking to, to what we're doing. Because we, we need to have a system. We need to have, a, from a basketball standpoint, a way of doing things. But we also need to be able to uh, learn and grow and, and adapt. And I think the, the single greatest uh, piece of advice I could give any young coach, any any uh, new head coach is don't get too stuck in your ways. You're not willing to, to learn and to grow. So that's more broad. I think um, for any first year head coach, the other thing is know what you want your program to be about 
be have very clear expectations and wording that is communicated to your program as you try to build your culture. And then that will really help just to kind of transition. So you, you lay those expectations, you lay those um, kind of culture phrases or wording that you might be passionate about, and then you work like crazy to build relationships with your, your kids so that they know when you're holding them accountable to that, that you care about them, they want them to be successful. So that's probably the biggest things I've learned and I've tried to grow and, and apply in when it comes to my first year as a head coach, but also these last few years as, as I've gotten more and more comfortable. Hey, Coach, it's uh, Coach Cooks. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you doing? Hey, good. How's my uh, boy doing up there, Jeremy Bruton? He's, he's doing great. He's a great kid, and he's working hard and getting better. He's, he's, I've been very pleased with, with the progress he's making, for sure. Fantastic. You know, his dad and I went to school together, so there you have that. That's great. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you look for. You know, we've got a couple of high school coaches in here who yep. who have players that will be aspiring to uh, go beyond high school and play. You know, as you, as you look to recruit players, um, you know, what are two or three things that stand out for you that are – your non-negotiables as a head coach when you start recruiting players? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. I uh, That's kind of multifaceted in, in our approach to, to how we evaluate fits for for us. Um, the first thing is they I value skill and intelligence over just sheer athleticism. Um, so, yes, they have to be athletic enough to play at the college level to play the way we, we want to play, but I would rather have a skilled – intelligent player over just the the freak athlete so i think the, the first message for high school coaches or for even uh, young men that are they're looking is, is be diligent in your skill development be diligent in your studying and understanding the game so that, that's the first thing that jumps out just from a sheer basketball standpoint when we're evaluating kids and we're looking for kids the second thing is are they a fit for, for here at lawrence it's a high academic school so are they academically a fit so we have to follow up are they are they great students do they value the time in the classroom are they uh, pursuing uh, the phrase that the theme of our program is best, nothing less. And, and really what it means is the excellence in all areas of life, relentlessly pursuing it. So are they pursuing, uh, relentlessly pursuing excellence in the classroom? And then the third thing is, are they fit for our culture? Uh, what, is, what is their body language like? Are they willing to put other people for themselves? Are they willing, to, are they great teammates on the bench even if things aren't going their way? What are their parents like in the stands? I mean, what are they like in warm-ups? I mean, all this stuff we're watching from um, a coach's perspective. <laughs> I am so it's glad my players are listening yeah, to this. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all this stuff is, and some people think it's, it's small and insignificant, but from a coach's perspective, the last thing we want is to bring in a kid that, yes, he might be talented enough, yes, he might academically be able to succeed here at Lawrence, but then it's going to be a horrible teammate. It's going to kill our culture. It's not going to be um, the young man that we wanted to be that we're worried about off the court. All this stuff. Like that's that's probably the that's a huge thing we're looking for. So there's there's talented kids in my few years of being a head coach that we've turned down just because they're not the right fit for what we're about. And I think that's I think that's one something that's very very important to me and to our program. So, Coach, I want to continue on on that phase of things with regards to collegiate basketball. It, I think yep. it's relatively easy to evaluate talent because you're going to look at yep. video and, and stat sheets and things of that nature. I think it's pretty easy to evaluate the academic success of what the student had with regards uh, to their high school yep. career. But then go to where do you go to get the other missing pieces as you try to bring the right person in that fits your program who do you speak to? What are you looking at in order to make sure that that student athlete fits the style of not only your team, but the university as a whole? Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So it starts with when we're building our list for the kind of the recruiting class that we're going to pursue. So we're watching a lot of either AAU games or high school league, summer league games. And so we'll just watch. I mean, we'll watch. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, I love watching a kid that I know is a good player, that I know is talented enough. I love watching him play when he doesn't play well because I want to see what it looks like. How is he as a teammate? How is he um, in his coachability? Like when, when coach is talking to him, how is he responding? Is he looking him in the eye? Um, so some of that's just evaluating when we're watching him play. Uh, at the same time, it's evaluating, trying to pick out who their parents are and what do they look like? How are they uh, treating the, the situation? How are they uh, treating other parents or supporting the, full, the whole team over any one individual? Like We look at some of that stuff. After that, it's if, if they pass kind of that test, it's getting to know them, getting to know their family, uh, asking some, some of the tough questions, um, building relationships with them. But then it's I think the high school coach is super valuable in this process because they're coaching them. Like Those are the kids that are in their program right now, so we try to get to know them and ask, ask those coaches those honest, difficult questions and, and try to get a feel for that. Um, so that's probably the, the biggest way we're trying to is just share watching and evaluating all these different things and then really getting to know the high school coach and, and hopefully they're, they're being honest with us and, and we'll go from there. Coach, within I'm, so, I'm sorry, David, just one quick one. Coach, within that whole yeah. process, how much does the social media aspect come into play in this day and age because – the kids obviously are knee deep in it. You know, they come up with things that I just nod my head and go, "Sure, that must be whatever new <laughs> app has been thrown on the phone these days." But how much do you dive into that? Because um, unfortunately, we we see it at the collegiate and the professional level where things come out from their past. But you you can get a, a decent sense uh, sometimes of who a person is based on reading exactly. some of the things that are posted. Exactly. You're, you're exactly right. We, we look into all that. I mean, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that is an important factor. I mean, we just had this, just had this conversation with one of my assistants, I think last week or, or earlier this week, where he stumbled upon a kid that he's like, Hey, he's, he's talented. Academically, he's all right. But man, how's on social media? And I, uh, there's, there's some concern. And I was like, all right, then we're not pursuing that. Like, sure. it's, it's too important because the reality is the, who a person really is a lot of times come out comes out on social media at, at times sometimes we all put on facades on social media but um if a kid is willing to be that blatant for all the world to see about some of these things then it's going to be a concern for for us because what's he going to be like uh in in our program in, in these situations do we have to always worry about him making good decisions in his conduct off the floor is he going to be about himself when it comes to our team like some of that comes out on social media so it's it's another barometer another factor that we definitely look into Hey, Coach, you are uh, just a little bit past the halfway point of your first season up there, Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Uh, the good, the <laughs> unexpected. Um, you know what? What? What has been the greatest thing you've learned um, being the head coach up at Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been great. It's been it's been a learning process. I'm coming from a from a very different. I was at a Christian Division three out in Pennsylvania before this as a head coach to. Uh, now a high academic realm so it's been learning kind of this realm and and, and learning the uh, kind of admissions process and, and how lawrence operates and, and also there's been a lot of learning going on that that standpoint uh, as for our team um i think we're making a lot of progress it's it's uh it's been a little up and down we're uh we're implementing a whole new system on the offensive end a whole new system on the defensive end a whole new culture and, and set of expectations and so it, it's been a lot of new for our guys and, and sometimes that that takes time and, They've been great, and probably my biggest um, 
thing I, I'm most excited about is, is how great they've been at buying into how we're trying to do things. And they've been very open to a very new and, quite frankly, a pretty complex way of doing things on both the offense and defensive side of things, but also a pretty demanding set of expectations when it comes to off the court and on the court. And they they bought in completely. So that's been really good. Um, we're we're still <laughs> we're still getting better. Uh, I'd want we're. We're in a good spot. We're still in the mix for the, for the conference tournament to, to be one of the top four teams that gets in the Midwest Conference. But we have a lot of work to do. So it's it's I'm, I feel okay about it. But I, I want us to I want us to get it clicking here at, at the right time. So that's a lot where our, where our focus is is how can we put our guys in the best position to be successful. And that's probably the other thing I've I've learned and, and continue to adapt and improve upon when it comes to this team is how can we help these individuals flourish and put them in the best position to be successful. Because every team's a little bit different, even at the college level, and you got to be willing to, to adapt and, and get a little innovative about it and how you do some things. Coach, can't thank you uh, enough for taking a little bit of time this morning and joining us here on the high school nope. show. We know you got an alumni game coming up today at Beloit in town, <laughs> yeah. a 3 o'clock tip. Yeah. So if you're in the area and can hear us on the radio.com app, make sure you get out there and check the game out, or as always with all of these collegiate games these days you can go online and watch the game from the comforts of your home on on this lovely saturday morning here in the midst of snow <laughs> coach thank you best wishes and uh good luck with the rest of the season sounds great thank you guys so much for having me all right that's zach Filson, the head coach at lawrence university when we come back we're going to be talking with ken coster from the wisconsin basketball officials association Special weekend this weekend for the officials. It's Yellow Whistles for Greg. So we're going to talk to him regarding that. Also want to get into a little bit about the op-ed piece with regards to officials in the state of Wisconsin and the struggles of the WIAA to find them to replace those that are leaving early. We'll get to it all next. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Coaches High School Basketball Coaches Show. I'll get it right. We only got a half hour left. Right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mm. Once again, welcome in. Mm. It's the Wendy's Varsity <laughs> Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show. Presented man, this by music your, is bumping, man, today. local pick and save Stores, McGivern. I I, I don't know. I hey. have, I will fax the bumper music in from now on. How's Normally, that I get fired every segment, <laughs> and I haven't been fired at all today. So you know, this is a good day. We're having too much fun here. We're in studio, yeah, as you I'm, heard I'm, the voice I'm, I'm, of David Cooks. <laughs> He's joining us as always, and we're joined as well by John Nall from South Milwaukee, the head coach, and Jeremy McLaughlin, excuse me, the head coach. At Catholic Memorial, we're jumping right back to the Great Midwest Bank hotline as we're pleased to be joined by Ken Coster from the Wisconsin Basketball Officials Association. It's a special weekend for the officials as it's yellow whistles for Greg. So first of all, Ken, thanks for taking a few minutes and welcome into the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Um, For our listeners, why don't you take a few minutes and talk about yellow whistles for Greg and what's happening uh, throughout the state of Wisconsin with regards to high school basketball and the officials this weekend? Yeah, we, we've uh, run this event now. This is our uh, fifth year. It coincides with the uh, 
the anniversary of Greg's passing. Greg was a student at Marquette University High School, uh, went through a battle with cancer. His father, his brothers, his family, um, uncles, cousins, a lot of friends are involved uh, as officials in the uh, southeast Wisconsin community. We wanted to do something to honor him. We started this shortly after his passing that year, and then on Tuesday of this week, uh, January 22nd, will be the fifth year since Greg and I have been with us. So we've taken this as an opportunity to wear these yellow whistles um, in the fight against sarcoma and what Greg battled, um, and it's really become a movement. It was a movement when Greg was, was battling, but now it's something that the officials have been able to do in the community and the, the conferences and the WIA, the state. Everyone's been really super supportive. It allows us to, uh, you know, keep Greg in our in our hearts and our thoughts, but at the same time, do something positive from the officiating community. So you'll see officials out there wearing yellow whistles, but more importantly, uh, generating money, donating game checks to the Make a Wish Foundation. In four years, we've raised just over thirty-five thousand dollars. We've got a goal this year of seventy-five hundred dollars, and we're about ninety percent of our way there. So. It allows us to take our positions, which sometimes aren't always positive or viewed <laughs> favorably, and, and really do something good in the community. Um, we feel good about it. I think the teams feel good about it. I think the conferences, um, at this point in the season, anything we can do to shine a positive light on officiating is a good thing. Yeah, and I think anytime you can bring, unfortunately, I, too many people I think have been touched by this disease in its various forms and and the things that can take place with with those who have been stricken by cancer. So the fact that you're taking time uh, to bring it back into the forefront, that you're taking time to raise money on behalf of those who are suffering, whether it's on the research side, whether it's on uh, the side of just helping those deal on a daily basis with the uh, trials and tribulations of cancer, uh, more power to you, uh, Ken. So congratulations, uh, I will say, to you and your staff and your fellow officials for doing what you're doing this weekend. Um, Ken, I want to I veer off of that just a little bit and the article this week with regards to the potential um, shortage of high school officials and the challenges high school officials are now dealing with um, week in and week out, quite honestly, whether we're talking basketball, football, baseball, we can go right down the line. Uh, what's your feeling as to how officials are being viewed and what this could mean um, for your organization with the potential shortage that could be taking place? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the the article and, and the op-ed from the NFHS and the WIA has gotten some real positive feedback, and, it, and it's brought to light uh, my day job is with the National Association of Sports Officials, so the organization that did the, the extensive survey uh, to find out about officials that advocates and protects officials. So I do this every day, 365 days a year. What what we're seeing is there's always been a shortage, maybe in, in the fringe sports and, and those that may not be as popular. You know, they've always scheduled wrestling meets around wrestling officials' availabilities. That's always been the case. But what we're seeing now is the mainstream sports, the revenue sports, football, basketball, there's just not enough bodies. And we see it in the southeast Wisconsin area on a Tuesday and a Friday night. We're pulling every available person as possible to cover the freshmen, the JV, the varsity, in addition to all the youth tournaments that are going on. Um, so it, it, it's tough. We're, we're having troubles keeping officials involved. We find them every year, and there's people that are interested, but because of the conduct mainly 
from adults, spectators, they don't stick with it. And if they're gone within the first three years, the, the, the likelihood of them sticking around if they don't have a positive experience is pretty minimal. So, Ken, looking at the officials from that perspective, then from a recruiting standpoint, where where are we headed? And then from a spectator standpoint, what types of things uh, is the official association looking at to implement in order to help correct this this situation? Excuse me, because without you guys, organized organized ball at any level just doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and I think that's true. You don't have to love the officials, but you can't play without them. So there's got to be a way to coexist. I think we have to view them, and, and what we're trying to do is is view them as a stakeholder in the event and not just a necessary evil that is there and shows up and is just a name or a number. Um, that's not to overemphasize the importance. I understand how passionate I am about officials, but it is to say that they're part of the game and an integral part of the game, especially as we move into the age of social media and videos and everything that can get posted. It's increased the accountability. It's increased the scrutiny. By that same token, then, there's some things that have to come along with that. That's possibly treatment. I think some game administrations around the area are fantastic and do a great job with it. Others, maybe not too much. You know, handling those fans that are just abusive and out of control and, and are saying things that, frankly, they just don't have a right to say. Um, knowledge. I can't tell you how many times a game I'm yelled at for something that's completely 110% inaccurate and false. I'm sorry, I, you laugh because that's it's true. People think they know or understand what the particular rule is, and they actually have no clue as to why you went about making the call that you did. Right, so they get frustrated, and, and they say things that they shouldn't, when in actuality it's just it's not even it's laughable what they're yelling about. So some of that is education of the rules and maybe with parents' nights and other things so that we understand what the high school rule is versus what they see on Saturday or what they might see in an NBA game. And then the other thing is just to work together to try to get people into this avocation. Um, I tell people all the time it's the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. At the same time, it's the most rewarding. It gives you life skills and everything that you can do, but we got to put them in a spot. And the last thing, frankly, is pay. We need to be paid more. Mm -hmm. We're working hard in southeast Wisconsin with some of the conferences, but $55 for a varsity football game or a varsity basketball game is not acceptable. And it's no wonder that we're not going to bring people into this avocation based upon what's going on around it. So that needs to change and needs to be, we need to catch up to other parts of the state and areas and standardize this so that officials are compensated. Uh, I, I tell officials all the time, hey, we're never going to get rich doing this, but we will not do it for free. It just devalues the time, the effort, the passion, and the education and commitment we put into this avocation. Yeah, and, and this is Coach Cooks. Um, and, you know, I never talked to you guys a whole lot when I was coaching um, because I had such sure. respect for what you did. Um, and I think that you're right on point in terms of compensation, given all the stuff that you have to do and all the stuff you got to put up with. Um, and I do think um, – there's got to be some joint effort here with um, school districts to educate their parent base and be intentional about it moving forward. Um, and just as we have um, uh, expectations for our athletes and their and their behavior on the court, there needs to be some real clarity and uh, standards in, in the uh, in, in the in the stands. I have been. Uh, I was telling the guys today. I, I I can't believe some of the things I hear now that I'm away from coaching that uh, people are saying and how they're behaving in the stands. I just think it's uh, 
It's a shame. Ken, we're pushed yeah, up I against. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. I, I agree. I get it. You know, the 50-50 calls and other things. So this event this weekend and your show has always been so supportive of the uh, the initiative and the endeavor, and we appreciate it. And this is just one part of it, I hope, to kind of change the message, change people's perception. And you know what? We're doing a pretty darn good thing for uh, a little child that wants to get to Disney World that's battling leukemia, yep. and, and we're going to be able to pull it together with the help of you and others and all the officials and uh, and make this a very positive event moving forward. Yellow whistles for Greg happening this weekend with officials all over the state of Wisconsin uh, with many of the basketball games happening here this afternoon or this evening. Ken, thanks for uh, taking some time and uh, sharing your insight with regards to the official situation as we were talking about and also with the yellow whistles for Greg. Excellent. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. All right. You as well. That's Ken Coster from the Wisconsin Basketball Officials Association. Yellow Whistles for Greg. If you go online, you can find Yellow Whistles for Greg. Make a donation. Help out some kids who are definitely struggling, who need our support. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk with Aaron Onenson, the head coach at Wisconsin Lutheran College. He'll join us next. You've got the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Once again, welcome in. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores right here on 105.7 FM. The fan also want to thank our other sponsors, MilwaukeeShirtGuys.com, ideal logos for their sponsorship of this show. We're going right back to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Pleased to be joined by the head coach at Wisconsin Lutheran College. It's Aaron Onenson. Coach, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing today? We're doing fantastic. Want to thank you so much for taking some time. I know you've got a game coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon against uh, Dominican. I'm sure you've had your shoot-around already this morning, so a busy Saturday. We appreciate you carving out a few minutes. Coach, we got a couple of first-year head coaches at the high school level in studio with us, and knowing that it's your second year at Wisconsin Lutheran College and obviously had a had a head coaching experience before coming to Wisconsin Lutheran College, what would be one of or two of the things that you would allude to um, these guys passing on some information as far as how to keep things going, what to expect, how how you would go about your first year? <laughs> That's kind of a loaded question. But, Thank you uh, so much. You know, <laughs> I, I think overall, you know, I just think it's important to, uh, to keep everything in perspective and to always um, stay positive in every situation. Uh, you know, I think of my first couple of years at Lakeland when I first started off, you know, I was, I was a young head coach, and I don't think I was always as positive and uplifting as maybe I should have been. And, uh, you know, the first couple of years here, we haven't always had the extrinsic reward of winning, um, you know, like I, like I had when I was at Lakeland. But I think overall, you know, I think, why are these guys here? You know, what is what is my overall job and perspective as a coach? You know, and it's to build on men. You know, and uh, over time, as I've gotten older, it's really helped me uh, because I've realized the the more positive and optimistic you got to be realistic as a coach. You got to coach them and you know make them better. But uh, I do know the guys feed off my energy. You know, and if I come in doom and gloom and angry, you know, it just trickles down to our guys and. Uh, 
Case in point, we uh, we lost a close one at the buzzer on Tuesday night. Heartbreaker lost to Rockford by one. We've had three of our last four games have been decided by one point. Um, and we had some of the best practices of the year this week. And uh, I'd like to contribute that to our guys, you know, because of their resiliency. But I also think it's because of our coaching staff of trying to always have that growth mindset in, in, in hand. Hey, Coach, it's uh, Coach Cooks. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Good. You know, I'm the washed-up coach of the group here. Um, you've got two hey, first we were just talking about you last night, Coach Cooks. Was it good? It was good. I was sitting by Coach Cassidy. Oh, fantastic. Well, how's the conference going? I, I haven't seen any games or anything. How's the conference going? How, you know, what, how's your team looking? Uh, you got, you said you got, who you have today? Dominican? We have Dominican. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say our conference, there's probably more parity than there's been probably in the last seven to eight years. Wow. Um, which makes it a lot of fun and a lot of nerve wracking, uh, you know, all at the same time because, you know, there's usually been about eight to nine teams in the league that have been pretty competitive, and then that 10th or 11th or 12th, there's a drop-off. But um, top to bottom, 1 through 12 this year, you know, I, I don't feel like there's uh, there's an easy game at all. And, uh, you know, because of that, it's, there's been some exciting races. I mean, you know, I want to say 7-4 and four right now is third of, third in the conference. Wow, okay. I think three losses is second. Okay. Um, so, again, just one of those situations where, you look at the scores every single night. I think there were three one-point games on Tuesday night. Um, so that just goes to show you, you know, every game is decided by a coin flip. I'm going to ask you, ask you the same question I asked uh, uh, the head coach of at Lawrence today. A uh, couple, couple things you look for when you're out recruiting. You know, if uh, we've got high school coaches in here and they've got players who, you know, they want everybody wants to play at the next level if they can. You know, what are two or three things that you look for while you're out? Because you, know, I, I, you and I used to run into each other on the recruiting trail all the time, um, and we were recruiting like a lot of the same players. Uh, what is it that you look for? Yeah, I think, number one, you know, it goes without being said, but obviously the kid has to be talented. You know, there has to be some sort of skill set that you feel that um, the kid can bring to the table. Um, being the head coach, you know, at, at Wisconsin Lutheran, uh, one of the things that we're definitely looking for is the right fit. Um, so the first time I ask, a, you know, talk to a coach, you know, I'm asking him, you know, tell me about his skill set. And uh, right after that, it's, you know, tell me about his character and tell me about his academic information. Uh, you know, because there's a certain certain threshold of kid that we can only recruit here, you know. So if you don't have a certain ACT or GPA, you know, it doesn't matter how talented or how respectful or all the community service the kid does, you know, if he doesn't have the, you know, the academic requirements to get in or – get a really great financial aid package you know it's just not going to work at least at our level in the private school division three setting coach we know uh your time is short and we appreciate you carving out a few minutes as we said taking on dominican this afternoon a three o'clock tip best wishes and uh we'll hope to talk a little bit down the line especially on sundays when uh the college basketball show (laughs) selfless plug is in effect coach thanks for taking some time we appreciate it it's an honor to be on. Thanks, guys. All right, see ya. All right, that's head coach Aaron Onenson from Wisconsin Lutheran College. Guys, if if there was one thing, one final thought with regards to your programs you would like to make on the way out, go ahead. Uh, we're just going to stay positive. Uh, we're we're looking forward to how this uh, how this season unfolds, um, you know. And I think both those coaches hit on it: is just staying positive, stick to the process. Um, and never waver from our expectations. Um, so we're excited to see how it plays out. Awesome. Coach and all? I'd like to thank the guys that have been with me for my first year. 
Yeah, it's been a it's been a great start to this year, and I'm just looking forward to continuing to work with them and work with our coaching staff and continue to build the build build the future for what we're hoping is going to be uh, some successful seasons on the horizon, wins and losses wise. But we're 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 winning a lot of different things regardless of wins and losses this year. But I'd like to thank all the guys that are listening, and I guess I'll wrap off uh, wrap up. Uh, thanking my wife Rhonda. Thanks for all your support, babe. You always have to thank the misses. Coaches' Always. wives are special. Hold on, people. hold on. We got to come back. Go ahead, Mrs. McLaughlin. I already thanked you. So you know. <laughs> You're covered. Yes, You're covered. covered. So, but thank you for having us, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it it, it, it has been, been fun. Great. I hope McGivern needs to take another Saturday <laughs> off because I'm enjoying the heck out of this. Great day today. We need to thank everybody who joined us today on the show. Zach Filson, the head coach at Lawrence University. Ken Coster, the Wisconsin Basketball Officials Association. Yellow whistles for Greg going on this weekend. And if you can, look it up and make a donation. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, Aaron Onenson, the head coach at Wisconsin Lutheran College. For our guys in studio, John Nall, the head coach at South Milwaukee. Jeremy McLaughlin, the head coach at Catholic Memorial. We want to thank you guys for coming in, as well as Wes Ludwig. He's still over there. Is he still hibernating he's, on the he's couch? Hibernating. The assistant coach at Catholic <laughs> Memorial for joining us as well. David, it's been a ball. Thank you so much for having me in and filling in the chair for big time Mike McGivern. Mike, thank you as well for having me here. For Anthony Mandela, I'm Don Wachulis. I'll back tomorrow. I'll back tomorrow. I'll back. I think you fall I'll be taking an English <laughs> class in the meantime. The college basketball show tomorrow at noon. Have a great Saturday, everybody. Take care. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.